0: Our first reading today is from Acts chapter 8, verses 4 to 8, and it can be found on page 1039 of the Church Bibles. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirit came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in that city. Our second reading today is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, and can be found on the next page of the Church Bible. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all treasury of the kandake which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it, Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. This is the passage of the scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in my, the way of my, of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went out down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But on his way rejoicing, Philip, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however. Appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea.
1: Thanks, Anna. Brilliant. So, Chris is going to come now and share um, some exciting stuff about Philip for us. So, let's pray for Chris and for ourselves um, as we. <laughs> let's pray. Uh, Father we thank you for Chris. Thank you God for, um, for his walk with you, for his experience of, uh, of mission and of sharing faith with people. God thank you for everything that you've poured into him. We pray God now that um, that you bless him and us as, as he shares uh, your words with us. God open us up to hear what you want to say to each of us, inspire us and challenge us. In Jesus name, Amen. Jonathan, thank you. Good morning. 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 How are you doing? You're all right. Turn to the person on your right and say, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There we are. That's better. And the uh, person on your left, uh, turn to them and say, Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> Great. And the person behind you, why don't you just give them a massive hi? That's better. Alright. And lastly, lastly, the, the person at the front, if you can say you're looking good. Is that all right? Thank you. <laughs> Needed my confidence, boost, confidence beasted there. That's lovely. So I'm so excited to be speaking this morning. Usually, second Sunday I get to preach and lead communion, but last week I was with our college. So I um, head up a, a team of people. I train missionaries in the UK to let others in on what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and we had our end of year retreat, and it was brilliant. We've got about 30 students all over the country. Uh, who are creatively sharing the good news of Jesus. So it just so happens that this morning I'm speaking about Philip. It's just in the programme. Philip is a hero of mine. He really is. So much so that I wrote a book about Philip two years ago. I wrote 266 pages on the life of Philip, it is a novel, there are 23 verses written about this man in the Bible, so a lot of it's made up in this, in this novel. So if you do buy a, cop- a copy of this book, here's a bookstall in the foyer and you can buy my book for 8 quid or 7.95 if you want. 5p change, that's okay. And I've got copies. I'll even sign them for you if you like. And this is the second print run, so it hasn't got as many typos as the first print run. Okay, so it's a, it's a winner. It really is. And I've also written a couple of other books that are out in the foyer to do with mission and evangelism. First one's called Smack Heads and Fat Cats. And I would have called it how to be really good at sharing your faith, but no one would have bought it. So I had to be a little bit creative. So I'm going to read a little bit uh, from this novel later on as I speak. Uh, But the life of Philip has inspired me. Why? Because he is the only person in the Bible who is described as an evangelist. It's a scary job title, I know. The only person evangelist. It says in Acts 21 that Paul visited Philip the evangelist who had four daughters who prophesied. So we know that he was called Philip the, I'm a Baptist minister but I'm ordained as an evangelist so he's a bit of a hero of mine. I kind of sit up and think I want to be like this man. So I hope that I'll inspire you too to be like Philip and I'm going to bring four lessons to you this morning that I hope will just inspire, blow you away, think about the adventure like Philip had and I've titled this morning's preach how to have a mission adventure. Four lessons from Philip. So the first lesson that we learn from Philip is this, be willing. Be willing. The thing is, right, Philip, he was set apart as something called a deacon. A deacon looked after the giving out of bread, people who were poor, the widows, made sure that they had enough to eat, distribution was all fair and square. He wasn't an evangelist, that wasn't his job within the church. So here we've got a story Of the Spirit of God speaking to him. An angel of the Lord as well speaks to him. And Philip could have said this. Me, go to that desert road and speak to that bloke. Are you kidding? Me? Haven't you read Acts chapter 6? Not that it had been written then. He could have said, no, 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 my job description is a deacon. I don't do that. That's not my job. And Philip challenges us to be people who are willing, people who are willing to go and change this world. To go and bring good news, to go and help people, to go and do the stuff that we read about in this amazing book. Obedience to instruction. Philip just went for it. He didn't question it. He didn't say, hang on a minute, was that the pizza talking from last night? He was like, no, okay, I'll go, I'll go. I've written here, and bearing in mind that I train people in theology, mission evangelism. Okay, so I've written this. God isn't looking for the qualified. He's looking for the obedient. He's not looking for the qualified. He's looking for you to be able to say Yes. To do something for me to say, yeah, okay. Where do you want me to go? You want me to talk to that person? All right. I give heart racing, give it a go. He is looking for us to be obedient. And Philip shows us that we need to be willing. Even in suffering. I mean, I'm talking... Bad times. This is times when friends are being murdered. one, verse 8, the Lord Jesus says to his first friends, he says this. Right, wait here, because you are going to receive power to go to everyone. First, in Jerusalem, then Samaria, then uh, uh, to, uh, to the ends of the earth. Then, uh, uh, and what do they do? They stay in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Seven years later, we've got our story today. Seven years later, what is it? Oh, it's Acts chapter 8, verse 1. They're scattered. uh, Philip's friend, Stephen, has been murdered in front of his eyes. There's this persecution. They're trying to stamp out this message of Jesus. And Stephen's, like, killed. (laughs) So there's a scattering. And Philip, in suffering, in fear, he leaves Jerusalem. He's there. And he's bringing such good news that we read that the whole town was full of joy. People were getting it, they were being healed, they're hearing good news. The whole town was full of joy. So be willing. Secondly, be loving. Be loving. I'm going to have to speak in code because there are some younger ones amongst us but a eunuch okay in the Greek eunuch means keeper of the beds okay it wasn't like a holy job because this man kept the beds of a harem where people were like doing it that's his job that's his job I'm going to try and talk in code. You see, as a young man, he would have had his tentacles removed. Just... Okay, he was castrated. He was, and it was an awful thing. Can I just say, can I just say, when researching, when, re- when researching this book and researching about eunuchs, it's, it's not nice. It really is These boys, these boys were treated so awfully badly. Cover the ears. Thank you. Yes. Um, and, And these boys would have grown up to look like women. Now, Philip, right, he's brought up as a good Jewish boy. He knows that every single eunuch is excluded from the temple courts. In fact, if a eunuch goes into the temple courts, there's this this message that if you enter here, well, you're going to get killed. You're unholy. You're dirty. Philip was loving. He sees a man who looks like a woman and he knows that his job isn't holy. He knows that he he gets dirty in his job. You see, Philip could have done this. He could have taken one look. He could have gone, heard that, go. He could have seen, gone, right, right. Oh, it's a eunuch. It's a eunuch. Eunuch's turn. Or... Burn, Yeah, that's it. Eunuchs, eternal burn. He could have, and shown that. That could have been his message. We could have seen the eunuch and gone, right, eunuchs. A eunuchs, God doesn't like eunuchs. You're freaks. He could have shown that, you're freaks. You, you don't know what you do. He doesn't. He draws right by the carriage. He's right there. He runs. He's loving. He would have taken one look at this guy and known that his life was an absolute dirty mess in his culture and heritage. And as a good Jewish man, he would have known that if he sat or touched or got near this man, he would be classed as unclean. But he was loving. You see, Philip knew that this man was excluded from the temple courts, but he did not exclude him from heaven. By the way, this man, the eunuch, is the first non Jewish Christian. The first. You see, Philip, alongside the rest of the church, would have quickly worked out or thought that Jesus was only for the lost sheep of Israel, the Jewish nation. That the Saviour, the Messiah, was for them. No one else. Just for for them. He's the Christ, the Messiah, for those who believe in God. Not these other scum. That's my interpretation, okay? Okay. So the Gentiles were not in on this. And here we've got the story of the first non-Jewish Christian. Someone who gets it. Someone who believes it. Later on you see in Acts 10, you've got an entire household getting it. And the church go, oh, it's for everyone. But the point is this. If this is the first non-Jewish Christian, anyone, anyone can know of God's love. Anyone can have a relationship with God, that broken, messed up relationship that every single one of us has with God is restored through Jesus and everyone can know God as Father. Everyone. If a man like this Ethiopian eunuch can come to know that he can be saved, anyone can. I wonder if you feel like your past has been too bad. Or perhaps how you look isn't right. I was on a train uh, going up to Chester where... uh, the main college bit is. And I was sitting, it was pretty rammed this train. I was sitting on a table with a, a couple and a mum and we got delayed and they said, oh, it always gets delayed this. Can't believe it. It's always delayed. We're gonna be late getting, oh gonna miss our lifts. I was like, oh, what, are you on this train often? They were like, yeah, hospital, hospital often. And this young man, um, he goes, yeah, I've been going in like for the last 18 months. And I was like, oh, no, what's the matter? What's the matter with you? And to be honest, I I was ready to say, well, you know, I really believe in prayer. And can I pray for healing? He goes, yeah, I'm transgender, he said. And I'm going through, um, like, the operation. and And... in my head, I want to be really honest with you, in my head, I knew that the couple were together and like, he, she, they were together. As, so I was kind of working, out, how, how does, so that was going on in my head, I want to be honest with you. I was like, but are you, how did, and then I reached over and touched this young man's hand and I said, can I just say, you, you really didn't have to tell me that, so thank you for telling me that. And the second thing I said was, You'll love my book. He goes, What do you mean? And I, I had to be a little bit careful because I wasn't trying to say, Oh, yeah, you're like a you know, eunuch. You know, I wasn't trying. But I was just trying to say, You know, God's love, His love for you, His care for you, He knows you. He, you know, I just, anyway, I sent him a copy of my I didn't have a copy of it. He sent a copy of my book uh, to him. And he was asking loads of questions about it, really keen on like learning about Jesus and the gift of Jesus be loving Philip teaches us so be willing be loving thirdly be Jesus focused I don't know if you picked up on the reading Hannah gave for us you see the eunuch was he was reading he was reading from Isaiah the prophet. This is something that was written 400 years before the life of Jesus or thereabouts. He's reading it. He's reading something called the Suffering Servant Poem. And he asks, he asks who's this man talking about? What is this? What's, what's he talking about? It's a, bit, a big scroll. And Philip sits next to him. He sits right next to him, the Bible says. Starting with Jesus, he explains the good news. Be Jesus-focused. I wonder, what do you say to your friends when they say, where have you been? (laughs) You know, what what have you done over the weekend? Work colleagues, schoolmates? Get up to anything over the weekend? Do you just kind of downplay the Sunday morning bit? (laughs) Or is that an opportunity to talk? good news about Jesus to say something about being here or being part of the church family if you're part of the church family is it something about the wonderful life and gift of Jesus let me just read you a little bit this is um, a bit of an encounter uh, from my novel remember a lot of it's made up okay Here's water, he simply said. What's stopping me getting baptised right now? Well, the thing is, I bumbled, I sat with my mouth partly open trying to think what to say and thinking through lots of reasons why he couldn't. First, uh, he was a eunuch, (laughs) a man, but not really one. He had one of the world's most unholy jobs. He wasn't a Jew. And while I had got my head around the fact that Samaritans could be baptised and be part of the grown church, could someone from a far distant land? I closed my eyes because his waiting and looking at me made me feel uncomfortable. He still held his hand upon his chest as a reminder of the presence of Jesus that had been with us. While it felt a bit awkward, the alternative reaction to not closing my eyes was to jump down from the courage and run back the many, many miles I had travelled with him and eventually find my way home. As I shut my eyes, I felt Jesus very near us again. And I heard him speak, ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth, your possession. This man will change an entire nation I opened my eyes and asked, do you believe with all your heart? If you do, then I will gladly baptise you. His white teeth shone as he beamed and through his smile he declared, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. The water was shallow to our knees. It was cool, flowing gently and clear. Focus on Jesus. Lastly, be adventurous. I believe God God spoke to me on the way here. Opposite Greens, there's a new development. Have you seen it for a retirement place? Greens Cafe? I think we all thought it was going to be shops, didn't we? But it says this, it says, retired living to the full. And I want to encourage those of us who are retired To take that adventure, I just think of my dear friend Margaret, who died recently, but in her retirement, rather than playing golf and just taking it easy, she planted a church in a pub in Royston, and it was messy. But people got it. They got the life and the fullness of Jesus. In verse 26, it says, an angel said, in verse 29, it says, the spirit said, in verse 39, the spirit took Philip away. I mean, he was there, and then one minute he wasn't. I mean, what a perfect excuse to be late for a meeting. Sorry, I was on my way. uh, Ended up in Durham. How did you do that? Yeah, spirit whisked me away. (laughs) But there's adventure you know, I, I, over 25 years of doing what I do as a Baptist minister not, you know, and, and sharing, I've spoken in hundreds of different churches, not just Baptist ones. Seen is bored Christians. Bored. They're bored of being a Christian, tired of it. There's no adventure at all. There's not that "what if Jesus wants to use me to change this world." (laughs) There's none of that. It's not just bored Baptists. It's bored Christians. I wonder, are you bored? And I don't mean like now, because I've gone on to you know. Don't put up your hand and say, you know, shut up, you know. Thanks. This is a this is a poem that I wrote. It's, uh, It's called "Catch Me If You Can." Are you bored? Are you stuck in the mud of tedium? Do you yawn at the dawn and sigh when the sky sparkles, it's of complacency? Or do you see the adventure day by day, hour by hour? Wow, even minute by minute, it sounds intense. Yeah, it makes sense that the one who says, "Come, follow me," would be the one who moves to the new, to you, to others that need the spark who sit in the dark, need the plug in life abundance, that absurd dance merriment beyond the glass of plonk, beyond the worshipful soft rock songs. He longs that you and I belong to a team of world changers that have a safari in our place to give chase. The one who says, follow me, I've got a great plan. Catch me if you can. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you ask the Father to pour out the Spirit upon us? I want to pray for those of us who do not know you this morning. That we would come to know you afresh. That we would meet with the living God this morning. And we would know of him calling us. Lord, would you help us to be people who are willing, who are loving, who are Jesus-focused. Help us to embrace that adventure to, and the things that you are calling us to do.
0: Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen.